A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Diva Behavior, the podcast where we have extremely serious conversations about pop culture. I'm your host, Molly Malshine, and I initially thought that this podcast was going to be a comedy podcast. Most of the people on it are comedians. I'm a comedian. The subject matter is pop culture and entertainment, which is supposed to be fun. And yet, somehow, every week, week after week, we have the most serious possible conversations in the world. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if it's because I'm a Capricorn with a Taurus moon. I don't know if it's because no one takes pop culture seriously enough in this country. So I have to be the only one who does it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But this week is extra serious. What a prelude I'm giving this episode, huh? Do you want to turn it off already? You probably do. I'm not really selling it well. It's serious, but it's fun, but also not in a way where we're making light of anything. We're talking about the new documentary, Framing Britney Spears. It is on Hulu. If you are in the UK, you could hypothetically watch a bootleg version that is available on YouTube. Not that I would ever do that or suggest that anyone do that. It's a great film, though. It's a really informative documentary. It really lays out everything that's going on with Britney's career, why she's in a conservatorship right now. If you are around my age, you probably know the broad strokes of it, but... Yeah, it's still worth watching the documentary. It still just makes it clear why we need to free Britney. It is a really serious subject, you know? It has to do with mental health. It has to do with women's agency. I saw a tweet last week that was like, how come we gave Donald Trump the nuclear codes for four years, but Britney Spears can't use an ATM without supervision? I mean, come on, what are we doing? What are we doing? So my guest to talk about all of this this week is Jess Alamo. She is an awesome comic. She is so funny. She's also just so full of heart. She's one of the only reasons I check Facebook. She's, she's well, I check Facebook for a lot of really different reasons, but she's one of the only people who I see her updates and I'm like, thank God she exists on this hellscape of a website and planet. So Jess is amazing. You should follow her on Instagram and everything at Alamo. Please follow her. Please follow me at Molly Mulshine on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, which take a shot every time I mention TikTok in this episode, and you're going to get pretty drunk. If you're of legal drinking age only, if you're not of legal drinking age, then definitely follow me on TikTok because you're probably the only people that are on there. (laughs) Uh, Enjoy the episode. Rate and review Diva Behavior on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people to see and hear this podcast. Enjoy the episode. Some people think divas are diva to you. Would you say, are you one? I never said that. Diva behavior. Great, uh, great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> of course, I don't trust you. Diva Behavior, the podcast. Jess, welcome to Diva Behavior. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about Britney Spears. Thank you so much for having me, Molly. This is so fun. What, I guess, what made you want to watch the documentary first in the broadest, the broadest possible question? So um, I've always loved, loved Britney Spears since I was a kid. I mean, when she came out, I was about 11. Mm-hmm. So um, 
save for a few years where, you know, I got caught up in the media hate for her. Um, I've always really liked her and she seems to have like this shining kindness that comes out of her that's just very sweet and innocent. And it's so hard not to root for her, you know? And um, I got kind of a wind of um, the controversy with the Free Britney stuff just from being on the internet the last few years. So I was really excited when this documentary came out and I watched it like right away. (laughs) Yeah, I also had a period when I was not only like caught up in the media slamming of Britney, but I also thought that I think I definitely thought I was too cool for Britney. Can you relate at all? Absolutely. Yeah, especially as I got older, because like, as I got older, I started getting into more, you know, alternative music and punk rock. And I, I thought I was too cool for anyone. So if you throw in this pop star, who's a real person who's having real struggles, it's easy to just see them as like a vapid, you know, produced nothing of a person. It's hard. It's hard, at least, you know, like 15 years ago, it was really hard to see the humanness in celebrities. And thankfully, that's changing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not great. But yeah, for sure. I think it was like really uncool to like her for a few years. Yeah. And I, and there was just this narrative that was being shoved down everyone's throats that she was like an industry plant and that she mm-hmm. didn't do anything on her own. And that, mm-hmm. and it's weird because everyone said that she was sort of the next Madonna and Madonna mm-hmm. was such an auteur. Everybody knew that Madonna was the complete architect of her image and her music and everything. So I don't know why everybody assumed that Britney wasn't. And I think maybe, yeah. honestly, it, part of it was because she had a Southern accent. Huh. Like, you know, I, that's probably really true. Right? Like, um, I feel like people mm-hmm. would hear Madonna talk and be like, oh, so she's, you know, smart and she's a college girl. That was part of her narrative. She went to college mm-hmm. and... and like studied dance and with Britney it was like she was you know the ditzy blonde from the south and it's like Mm -hmm. forget the fact that she's also a literal child while this is starting and I always wonder now Mm -hmm. if that is part of why we assumed that she had no control over anything I think it's probably because she started what was she like 14 when we saw her in the baby one more time video I think she's um I think she was 15? 15 and then by the time it launched she was 16 that's really sick though, you know, like in, yeah. in retrospect, that's disgusting. Um, and naked in schoolgirl outfits on MTV all day. And when you see someone and we all, we all like that Brittany, you know, she was like sweet, young, seemed very fun. She was cute. And then all of a sudden she starts doing what she wants to do. She starts having a mind of her own. And instead of people embracing that, I think that we start saying, you know, she's phony, she's fake. She, what is she trying to do? And that's so, so wrong. I don't know. Yeah. And I also think when she was in the schoolgirl uniform, people were really mean about that too. Like parents were very pearl clutchy and it's like, it sucks because it's kind of like the same thing with TikTok now where people are like, oh, girls shouldn't be dancing that way on TikTok. And it's like, well, it's an app for teenagers and teenagers are allowed to like be teenagers together. It's weird when adults come in and start perving on them. Yeah, I think the honestly, I know this is a little off topic, but the weirdest part about TikTok is like anyone like over 40 on there. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like straight up cringe porn in a way. So I don't think adults should be on there. <laughs> okay, well, I am becoming TikTok famous, Jess. So oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> your words. I made a TikTok about about this documentary and it got like over 100,000 views. Holy. Not the S word because I'm not allowed to say it. That's crazy. <laughs> the thing about TikTok is you can just click through like hundreds of videos in like five minutes. 
Yeah. It's exposing so many people. It's crazy. I know it really is. It's just a really good way to do like crazy numbers. Like I got the amount of followers on TikTok that I have gotten on Instagram in 10 years. I got on TikTok in a week. That's insane. Yeah. I, there's people I know who aren't like famous people and they have, you know, like 500,000 followers on TikTok. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. It really is. And I feel like it's got different, there are so many different niches on there. Like I found Irish traveler TikTok where it's all <laughs> girls who are travelers talking about like the traveler lifestyle. And I don't mean like wanderlust, wanderlust bloggers. Mm-hmm. I mean like actual travelers, you know? Yeah. And, and I found age gap relationship TikTok, which is really cringe. It's like girls who are 20 and dating a 50 year old being like, I love my 50 year old boyfriend because he teaches me more than anyone else I've ever met. And I was like, Oh my God, how do I get off this TikTok? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You can really go down a rabbit hole on that site. It's crazy. Yeah. There's truly something for everyone. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, I feel like it's like Britney was one of the early, but also was she one of the earliest teenagers that were over-sexualized? I feel like this has been going on since forever, you know, like people used to get married, girls used to get married off when they were 14. I feel like this is mm -hmm. something that always has unfortunately been happening. Yeah. Um, it's actually, I mean, as depressing as it is that we have to talk about this and, you know, look back on the interviews with, you know, Diane Sawyer and how uncomfortable and awful that is to watch. It's also really great that we're now looking at it from a different perspective. And um, so in a way, I think, I think it's, I think we're headed in a good direction in many ways. Of course, other ways we're not, but yeah. um, But I think it's actually, it's actually good that we can look back and be like, wow, that was terrible. Yeah. So what was your like understanding and feelings of Brittany back when you first like discovered her? Because I just thought she was the coolest, most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, basically the same. Um, she seemed just like a nice person. So it was really easy to like her. Um, and her music was fun. Mm. And she really took the country by storm when she came out. And for me, I was only 11. So to me, she was like an older person. Um, but seeing her now as an adult and looking at those videos, it feels really wrong. you know. Yeah, so true. I was little when she came out too. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, 16 is an adult. That is when mm-hmm. I'm going to be allowed to wear belly shirts. And like, I'm definitely going to have abs. Spoiler alert. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, how, did, how did her imaging and her branding affect like your opinion of yourself and what it is to be a woman or, you know, what, like, did it, did it make you think of yourself differently? Cause I feel like it definitely made me feel like I had to reach this really crazy standard. Yeah, I think that um, in maybe in for our age group, she was the first huge pop star where, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just about her music. It was not mostly about her music. It was mostly about her body. And um, I don't know, I think it, it kind of changed the dynamic of uh, media. And as a as a kid who was, you know, I'm I'm gay as hell. So Um, as a kid, I was kind of trying to find myself and, um, you know, when, when you're surrounded by images of people like Brittany, you kind of feel like you need to become that. So, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it, it kind of just made me think I had to be something that I would never be, you know? Um, but that's just stuff that kids go through, especially, you know, gay kids trying to figure that out. So. Yeah. Also it, I think the, something that was really like mind blowing for, everyone was when it turned out that Britney wasn't even that person, you know, Mm -hmm. 
this was before. Now there are so many Instagram accounts and everything that are showing us what celebrities look like without Photoshop, what they look like before plastic surgery. We mm-hmm. kind of know that it's all fake and mm-hmm. even, and it still affects you to see it, but at least mm-hmm. you know that there's a lot of work that went into that. But when Britney first came out, she just seemed like she was naturally perfect. And this is obviously mm-hmm. through no fault of her own. She just was li- a literal teenager. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I feel like at the time she just seemed so perfect. And then when the cracks sort of started to show and it was revealed that she was a real human being, no one could handle it. Yeah, it, it, people took it very personally, you know? <laughs> like, how dare you? act like yourself. I want Britney Spears back. I want, you know, the teenager with the pigtails and, you know, happy. And yeah, and, um, it was almost like, you know, if, if this person who has so much and has so much money and so much success, if she's having a mental breakdown, where does that leave the rest of us? Yeah, that's so true. I, what did you think when that was all going on? Because I feel like we as a society did not have the vocabulary to even deal with what she was going through. Yeah, I mean, the way we talk about mental health now, like speaking of TikTok, you go on there, there's like, you know, people talking open and openly about mental illness and mm-hmm. mental health. That didn't exist back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, um, you know, and this is, this is terrible, but I'll admit it. I mean, I thought that she was, you know, a joke at this point. I thought that um, she was not grateful for what she had. And it wasn't that I... I I couldn't empathize with her having a mental illness because that wasn't even on the table at this point um, in our lives. My mind didn't even go there. So, you know, the way the media was portraying her, they just kept showing that one picture of her with the bald head Mm -hmm. attacking with the umbrella. And um, that picture was everywhere. And that's what I thought of her, just a wreck. And that's so wrong. You know, it's terrible. Something that is really interesting that people are talking about now is how the journalists who were working at the time all owe her an apology. And I think that that is true in some ways, but I also feel like they were speaking for our society and our whole culture was so sick at that time. It's like, it's almost not fair to pick out specific people and say, you're the one who did it because like, I, I don't know. I grew up in Bayhead do you know where, you know, like where Bayhead yeah. is? It's OTB, Monmouth County. I know you guys look down on us, but. <laughs> no. Where'd you <laughs> hear that? It's <laughs> everywhere, but it's like super conservative and super yeah. homogenous. And I just remember like everyone in my life was saying terrible things about her and talking about her like she was crazy. So I don't know. I feel like it's all, it's obviously appalling to watch all of the people in the documentary, like Diane Sawyer and Diane Sawyer and Matt Lauer and Perez Hilton saying these things to her and like interrogating her about her sex life. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, is every single person in America going to go and uh, like issue a statement, you know? (laughs) Um, I, I have mixed feelings on this because um, I think people confuse accountability with being canceled and cancel culture. Mm. Um, I mean, we all said horrible things about Britney um, years ago, most of us anyway. Um, thankfully, like people like, like you and me, we have learned, um, and we look at the situation differently with adult eyes too. Mm -hmm. Um, it bothers me that people like Matt Lauer and Diane Sawyer, you know, they built their career on being journalists and talking to the nation about things. And they have to be aware that, you know, whatever they say in 10, 15, 20 years, 
someone's going to be able to pull that tape. So mm. I think in their case, they, they did have more of a responsibility than, you know, just kids like me or you talking badly about her. Um, but I don't think they deserve to be ruined. I mean, people should be learning. We should be talking. It does bum me out a little that Diane Sawyer hasn't said anything. Um, and Matt Lauer as well, but. But he also is. Yeah, know. he's. It doesn't even matter with him. This is, the, this is the least of his problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the automatic uh, lock, the door lock from his desk, the button, that, so that was enough. We don't need to hear from him again. Yeah, yeah. He can keep the apologies to himself. Mm-hmm. I just, I, if I, like, if, peop- if we were held to the fire, like, comments that we made even, like, five years ago, two years ago, um, everyone has said bad things, and everyone... Um, should have that opportunity to learn and, you know, fix it. <laughs> um, yeah. That's why I, I don't think people should come down on them to the point where they should be canceled. But I, I do think there's some kind of responsibility there. Yeah. Like a good, it, it's a good opportunity for a conversation that it seems like most of the internet is having, but still the, the main like media gatekeepers are not necessarily having this conversation in the open yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely, like, I didn't, I had a weird era where I did not want to listen to Britney Spears at all. I remember at my 21st birthday party, um, someone requested a Britney Spears song and I was like, no, we're not listening to Britney Spears. Like I'm against (laughs) Britney Spears. And it wasn't because I was against her as a person. It was because I, I was like, her whole machine has it's not in her hands anymore. And I think it feels immoral to support her career, you know? Yeah. Because like, it's clearly not benefiting her and it's not good for her. And I don't know who's holding the keys. So I just don't want to like listen to her music. And now I've kind of come around to like, okay, whatever. I mean, her music is awesome. She has so many bops. I'm still going to listen to it, even though I feel bad because it's going into her dad's pocket, you know? So I don't know. I don't know what my question is. Did you like, what were some times when you felt confused about whether it was like ethical to listen to Britney Spears? Have you ever had a moment like that? Yeah. I mean, especially after that, the Gimme More performance at the VMAs, Mm -hmm. um, where it was basically like they took, took a broken person and just stood her up on stage to do their act. And it was, it was one of the, the one, one of the most horrific things one of the most horrific live performances I've ever seen. Um, and I, and she had, you know, the painted on abs. It was just a mess. Yeah. Like she did not want to be there. No, it was terrible. It was, it was like, it was like watching someone be tortured at a certain point. And if you still supported her and still went to her shows. And I know that her fans are very loyal, so they didn't think of it that way, mm-hmm. but that's sort of what it was like in a way. It was like, if you stop supporting her, maybe she can just go home and you know, hang out on the couch. Yeah. And like play with her kids. Yeah. So, and this is the last time I'm going to plug my TikTok channel, (laughs) (laughs) but I am 33 years old and I'm going viral on TikTok. I, I made, I made a video about that performance about, cause did you know, this is what I learned when I was researching that performance. She was hungover. She was coming off of like a three day bender. She had been partying with Diddy until 6am the night before. I had no idea about that. That's crazy. She fired her hairstylist or he quit. I forget which, like, like an hour before the show, she completely changed her wardrobe around because she was supposed to wear a corset and she didn't want to wear it anymore. And it was seven months after she shaved her head. 
So she's working with an inch of hair, no hair stylist, different outfit. Chris Angel dropped out of the rehearsal of the performance a week before, and she's hungover coming off a three-day bender. So with all that in mind, that performance was actually amazing. You're right. And I mean, if, if she was able to get um, Chris Angel off a show, then, you know, that's wonderful. She did a great job. Oh my God. So true. Oh, he's another one. I was, I just read Holly Madison's memoir and discussed it on here a few weeks ago. And Chris Angel actually comes off worse than Hugh Hefner, if you can believe it. Oof. I actually do believe it. Cause that guy, he's like a glorified, one of those pickup artist guys. That's what he comes off. Of. Yes. <laughs> like his only magic that he does is like getting hot women in Hollywood to date him. Those are the magic yeah. tricks that he is pulling because he, his energy is like the situation meets yeah, like a pickup artist. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole goth thing is funny too. Oh my God. <laughs> he yeah. Was, he provided some entertainment at least, but yeah, it's so cringe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it it was weird in the two thousands because there was this culture, obviously, of blogs and Gawker and Perez Hilton and everything just snarking on celebrities relentlessly in a way that mm-hmm. I don't really think I mean, obviously we've always had an element of going after celebrities in our culture since the Mm -hmm. beginning of like show business, but it, it took on an extra nasty, extra 24 seven edge when the internet came into like, became like a household thing that everybody had. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we sort of told ourselves that it was this righteous cathartic thing to make fun of rich and famous people because we considered it to be punching up. But like with Britney, it clearly was not anymore once her mental health issues came into play. So what do you think is the line? And I'm not expecting you to have like a, an answer to this just as a discussion point. What's the line when mocking a famous person stops being okay and becomes punching down? You know, I don't think anyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. And it's constantly going to change. So like 10 years ago, obviously it was different. Now it's different. In 10 years from now, it's going to be different. Um, I think that there's a whole industry, people like Perez Hilton and the paparazzi and all that, who literally are making money off of people's misery. Mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't mean it should be, you know, not allowed or illegal or something. They have the right to do it, but still makes them, you know, garbage. (laughs) And, and, um, I, I think now as a society, we've at least, you know, taken a look at these these posts and these blogs and, you know, the page six stuff. And we, we take it with a grain of salt now, whereas a few years ago, I don't think we did. I think we took everything that we read as gospel and Mm -hmm. people are becoming more internet savvy and more media savvy now, you know, people, you know, millennials and gen, gen Z at least. But um, yeah, I think with, with being more media savvy and being more educated on mental illness, we've just come a long way, really. I, I don't know what the line is, but definitely when it's not punching up anymore, it's got to stop. Yeah. It's, it's hard because it's like, I, I get so annoyed when I see celebrities accuse the general public of bullying them because Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, bullying is when someone with more power is, you know, basically abusing or harassing someone with less power and Mm -hmm. celebrities by definition unless it's somebody who is coming off of a really terrible fall from grace and they've lost everything. Most celebrities who are pulling this bullying card, it's like Haley Bieber. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. She's, she's doing great. So it's, it mm-hmm. becomes this thing where you don't want to 
give in to this weird sycophant thing that they want you to do. They just, Mm -hmm. because most celebrities, they just kind of want everyone to love them. And obviously we Mm -hmm. all want everyone to love us, but it's just not going to happen. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it, it is so hard to know what the line is and when it's fair and when it's not fair. It's, it's great. It's a crazy world. And like, you know, like you have a podcast, um, you're a writer and you do comedy. If you have even a little bit of recognition, people come out of the woodwork to hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've experienced it. Um, I experienced it just writing a local column and doing comedy. Um, I can't imagine what that's like as an actual celebrity. Yeah. Um, so I do really feel for them because, you know, I get random messages sometimes saying, you know, I hated your column and I hope you die. <laughs> like oh weird God. stuff, you know? And I can't imagine that times like 10 million. I know. So I do feel for them. Um, I don't know. I don't know how bad I feel for some of them, but, but, you know, everyone's a human being and I've, I've started to realize that a little bit, but I am yeah. forever jealous of their money and will hate them for that though. Yeah. Cause I get so annoyed when people are like, oh, well, money doesn't solve every problem you have. And it's like, yeah, but it solves the biggest problems. Yeah. People who say that have never been poor. Yeah. Like, that's just the bottom line. It really yeah, like, is. It truly solves most of the biggest problems. Like the only thing that money yeah. can't do is like bring someone back from the dead. It can do mm-hmm. like basically every other issue. Pretty much everything. Yeah. It can do literally everything. You can have yeah. whatever you want if you have money. Even um, if it's a different world for people who have money and people who don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, a level of stress. Like having to worry about money is a level of just omnipresent stress that I think some people never really can comprehend if they haven't been through it. So then when mm-hmm. they tell you to feel sorry for someone who does have a ton of money, it's like, are you joking? Yeah. I don't understand when, you know, celebrities who are basically just influencers like Kelly Bieber go online to, um, you know, complain about people hating on them. Cause it's like, you can also, you know, go offline for a few days. Right. And, like, and, is, you know, it's it, just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, isn't that the dream? Like I'm not posting on Instagram and TikTok for my health, you know, like I'm doing it because I want to get enough of an audience that I can start doing real work and never have to go on Instagram again. <laughs> exactly. Like we, we are like hustling when we do it. Other people, it's like, you know, they're doing it just so you see their face for the 50th time that day. Right. Who cares at that point? And then you start resenting people because you're seeing them too much. Yeah. I had like one time I had to make a a Finsta where I only followed people I didn't know because I was getting so sick of seeing everybody's fake social media persona. Mm. And I'm sure I'm guilty of it too. Like I'm sure people who are really close to me in real life, there's gotta be one or two of them who can't stand the stuff I post online because it's not really me. Like it is really me, but it's also like filtered through what I want people to see that day, what I think I can get away with, what I don't think I can get away with. Like it's not a, it's not having a conversation with me. It's me trying to make a product. So it probably is extremely annoying to people who know me in real life as well. But I had to like make a Finsta where I didn't follow anyone I knew because I was like, I I can't take it anymore. I can't take everyone trying to be an influencer. It's so embarrassing. It really is. I actually just watched a documentary this morning. Um, It just came out on HBO. It's called Fake Famous. And it brings you, basically they take three people, this guy who um, he used to write for the New York Times. He took three people Mm -hmm. and he, you know, did an operation to make them famous, make them Instagram famous. So he bought them followers, he bought them comments and likes. And for the the, the woman who was like, you know, a very attractive woman, um, she had like sponsorships and she was getting like thousands and thousands of dollars of free things and free trips. 
in oh. like three months. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. it really is all fake, you know? Yeah. It's just like if they see those numbers, they assume that it's real and that's how you start getting all the free stuff. And no one gets more free stuff than people who are already rich. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if they're not rich and able to take these trips, they fake the trips. So there's like um, literally a fake private jet in LA. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> that's insane. You know, that's yeah. insane. That, I just can't wrap my head around that. But the thing is, they're like making money doing that. Yeah, it's they're making serious money. But the thing that also I think people don't realize is that you really are kind of selling your soul once you become that big on Instagram because you now have to turn every second of your day into content pretty much. And exactly. I don't even think they enjoy it as much as like we have this stereotype and it a lot of it is because of misogyny. We have this stereotype that the women who are Instagram famous are so vapid and they just love looking at themselves. And it's like, no, they probably just like picked up steam on Instagram, realized they could make money off of it. And now the horse is out of the stable and they've been doing it for five years and Mm -hmm. they have nothing else that they really can do to make that much money. And Mm -hmm. now they're stuck being the most annoying person in the world at parties, taking pictures (laughs) of every single thing. Like, yeah, that you're literally selling your soul. Like you said, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it can be a great lifestyle, but I pretty much can guarantee when those people are alone and just with their own thoughts, it's probably very dark. Yeah. Also, like then when they have a kid, they have to monetize the kid. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I, I, the other day I saw like a toddler with an Instagram. That's like, that should be child abuse, you know? I know. Well, now, did you see that SAG-AFTRA has now unionized on behalf of influencers? Really? Huh. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how it works. I need to get someone on here to like talk about it. Someone who knows more about like labor rights and everything. Mm -hmm. But um, they're saying that the next step would be to get kids, to get some child labor laws in place for like to protect kids from parents who are influencers. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like, like I would say 90% of kids on social media who are like famous for social media have just have insane parents who are making them do it. Absolutely. And they're probably never going to see that money. That's the scariest part. It's like any child star, you know? So it's really good that they're, that they're taking that up. Yeah. I loved in the Britney documentary in the beginning, that really shady um, record label exec who was like, Britney was so focused. She was so hardworking. Her mom would do anything for her. Her mom drove her to every interview, blah, 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 blah. And her dad, I met him once. And all he said was, I can't wait for Britney to get rich and buy me a boat. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that that says it all. And now who's controlling her money? (laughs) Yeah. It's so messed up. I don't, you think if she had more people around her, like where was her mom in this documentary? I don't want to put the blame on her, but I just am curious, like, where was she? I don't know. Um, and I, I agree. I don't want to blame her either. Um, but yeah, I don't understand how you can just, you know, let him take over her entire life and she's not making any money. I mean, she has, she has your grandchildren. You gotta kind of keep an eye on that. But, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to blame another woman because right. it's not any woman. It's not Diane Sawyer's fault. You know, it's, it's not that simple. And, and blaming women, I think makes it all worse. And we come back to the same problem if we do that. hundred percent. Right. Where was she? <laughs> yeah. And like, also, where is Kevin Federline? Like, why does he, why is he not invested in making sure that the mother of his children is healthy and functioning well and, you know, living life on her terms? 
I mean, I feel like it all comes down to money with these people. He's, he's getting paid from her estate, I'm sure, you know, to take yeah. care of the kids or whatever. But, um, I don't, you know, I think a lot of the men in her life don't want the situation to change. Even her brother has said some really horrible things publicly what? about how, you know, he, cause he has, um, he's on the dad's side with all that mm-hmm. and basically just, you know, condescending things that she, she needs them basically. And what that means is they need her money. Yeah. It's so crazy how he, he basically said it's hard to deal with Brittany because the women in the family are strong-minded. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Thank you. For- yeah. <laughs> it was oh. like, okay, well maybe she's an adult and she has a career, which no one else in your family seems to have. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Also her mom sells Rodan and Fields. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Her mom is like yeah. in it fully in an MLM. And she and she has big parties at her like mansion that Brittany bought her. I saw this all in the comments section somewhere on the internet that people were like, like a bunch of people in Louisiana have like been to her Rodan and Fields parties. Uh I think we should go on a road trip. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> yes. We'll just be uh, like, you know, little spies on the inside. A hundred percent. Oh my God. It <laughs> makes sense. Moisturizer. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes sense. I can, I can see Lynn selling Rodan and Fields. For sure. Yeah. yeah also their, can... their family has the strongest genes. Like the son looks exactly like the dad and Jamie, Lynn and Brittany look exactly like the mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jamie, Lynn and Brittany could be twins. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Like some of those. <laughs> And what's what's her deal now too? Because I, I, I mean, it seems like she's still close with her sister, according to like social media. But again, it's um, why hasn't anyone spoken out on her behalf? You know, right? I saw some reports online that she also is part of the family, uh, business. I guess as it were, mm-hmm. which would be Brittany. And (laughs) the other crazy thing is, did you see when she tweeted or put on Instagram a couple weeks ago that, that Tesla needs to make their, she tweeted at Elon Musk, Tesla needs to make their cars noisier because she keeps killing her cats by accident. (gasps) Are you kidding me? No. Was she serious? Yes. Oh my God. And then everyone was like, uh, that's not an excuse for running over all your cats. And she was like, well, you know what I mean? Like the car is just so quiet. Like she tried to defend it and like backtrack a little bit. It was so weird. And everybody was like, dude, no, you can't blame this on Elon Musk. You just are a serial, serial cat murderer. Well, and it just kind of shows the level of delusionment to post on the internet that you've run over cats, the internet that loves cats. Just post on the internet that you love cats. Yeah. Like, like, what kind of mind do you have where you wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to go tweet at Elon Musk and have millions of people see that I murdered my cats. <laughs> I know. I mean, I wish that I had that sense of just like la-di-da rough, like dancing through life. Oops, I murdered a cat today. Better tell Elon Musk. Like, can you imagine? That's the weirdest thing that she like told him. Like, okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway, maybe she needs more help than Brittany. I think she thought that people were going to be like, yeah, this happened to me too. And then everyone instead was just like, are you a, a secret sociopath? <laughs> yeah. Like now she's a monster and everyone thinks she kills cats. Oh, yeah. God. I hope she made that up just for the sake of the cats. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully it was just, she was bored that day and decided to start some drama. 
Wow. What a family. I know. So someone who I absolutely loved in this documentary was Wesley Morris. I think his name is. He was the New York Times music critic. And he just put so much respect on Britney's name about her musicians, musicianship and her artistry. And so did the backup dancer who was like, Britney was in charge of everything. And they showed that footage of Britney sort of like bossing people around on set, which I loved because it reminded me of Beyonce. And I was like, Britney was never, she was never an industry plant because then there would have been 10 other Britneys and there weren't. There were just like poor knockoffs of Britney. Yeah, like Christina Aguilera came out right after, I remember. Yeah, and she was like a different thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I I completely agree with you. It's crazy. Um, I I think that what got lost in all the controversy with her is that she's actually talented. It's like when she first came out, um, everyone thought she had a great voice and she could dance. And then a few years down the line, I mean, there was this, this sense that she wasn't actually talented at all. And that's really sad, you know, because it, you know, we're taking away something she's worked at so hard for and mm-hmm. replacing it with a bunch of gossip columns. And it's a shame. I'm glad that they, um, they set that straight in the documentary. Yeah. And we only do this with women. We don't ever say male musicians are not that talented. Like my favorite thing to do is, I mean, back in the before times when we could go to bars and like people who you didn't want to talk to would talk to you. And it's like a dude and you just have to say, well, Bob Dylan doesn't know how to sing. Britney Spears is better at singing than Bob Dylan and just like self-destruct. And it's true. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is true. Yeah, Um, I think like our society thinks someone is weak if they like people like Britney Spears or, you know, have no taste, tasteless, things like that. Um, And it only happens with women, right? Like no one cared when, you know, Justin Timberlake made an entire video you know, basically just saying terrible things about Britney and, and no one cared about that. I actually, did you see that recent video that resurfaced of him beatboxing at like the VMAs? I was just going to say that. And I literally, oh my God, you read my mind. He deserves to be like tarred and feathered for that. He had full cornrows and he's, and do you know something else? The way he says Timberlake in that, he says, Oh my God, I can't even say it because it, I have goosebumps because of how douchey it is. It's so says, bad. The way he says Timberlake in the beginning of it, that has popped into my mind like at least twice a week since the first time I saw it. Like all the time I'm thinking about him saying, <laughs> saying Timber, Timber, Timberlake. And I'm like, no. That's he's like, they call me Lake. Like, yeah. What are, you, <laughs> what are you talking about? And if that was a woman, she would be done. She would never have another song on the radio. No one would never, you know, he's a movie star. He's got, he's out, like he is a superstar. He's an A-list superstar. He's basically, even with all this, I feel like he's untouchable. Like, I don't think anyone thinks he's going to be canceled or anything. No. How did we let this happen? How did we, I knew it was happening too. Like when he performed his Trolls song at the Super Bowl, I was like, this cat is never going back in the bag. Justin Timberlake is now canon and there's nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. He's he's part of American culture at this point. It's terrible news. At least I think really he's telling. But yeah, I think his new movie is probably not doing that well. At least the one where he got caught cheating on his wife in New Orleans. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds terrible. And yeah, I think it just came out, and he's supposed to be this like great single father, and it's mm-hmm. like, spare me, please. Yeah. Justice for J.C. Chazé, honestly. <laughs> 
I forgot about him. He was really talented. And yeah. also Lance. My favorite was Lance growing up. Lance is awesome. Yeah. And he, he's a freaking astronaut. Like, I know. Well, did he ever actually go to space? I don't think so, actually. It was probably a big publicity stunt, but I fell for it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh I was... I was really excited, but also it was the same time when like Justin and JC were coming out with their solo careers and Lance was my favorite. And I remember he went on TRL and they were like, Lance has some big news. And I was like, Oh my God, he's going to release a single. And then it was just like, I'm going to space. And I was like, what? That It was definitely weird. And again, like if you, what if Britney Spears just had a press conference and said, I'm going to space. (laughs) Yeah. What's, they would put her in a mental hospital. Sponsored by Pepsi. Yeah, this guy, you know, we embraced it. I loved it. I thought it was cool. I never liked him until he said he was going to space. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, and, you know, first gay man in space, probably, which is even cooler. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's just unbelievable, the, the double standards. And I forgot about JC's solo career. I'm getting all these flashbacks now. I know he, was way better. he really was. And he had more of a mystique than Justin. Justin just seemed like the kind of guy that would like snap your bra strap in gym class and then like pull your pants down and run away and everyone would laugh at you, you know, yeah, and get away with everything because pretty blonde boy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I've been seeing, so lately the biggest story has been this army hammer thing. Mm-hmm. And I find it really interesting that at the same time that we're all re-examining the way that we treated women in the 2000s, I feel the same sort of frothing at the mouth and hysteria over like finding out if Army Hammer is guilty of doing, mm-hmm. of like killing someone. And I find it really unsettling. I don't know. Do you see any parallels between these situations? I think it's just a parallel with people being obsessed with anything celebrity, which mm. is really toxic in the first place. I mean, that's kind of what brought us here in the first place is that, um, you know, I know being in America, we, people freak out over per, someone who has gone TV for two minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like this obsession and it takes a really ugly turn with the internet. I don't think it's, um, it's the same thing because the things he's being accused of, um, from what I read, and again, that's also the problem because we don't have any information. We just have what the tabloids say. Um, but he's being accused of um, sleeping with underage women, which is- Oh, totally- I didn't see that part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I read, I mean, again, we don't know if it's true. I'm not here to be the, you know, judge and jury, but that if that's true, then yeah, screw him. You know? <laughs> yeah. Also, there were allegations that he was really emotionally abusive, like that he entered into these S&M relationships that seemed like they were all sort of kosher and following all of the, you know, rules of how to have a consensual relationship like that. But then he would midway through allegedly stop following the rules and kind of emotionally traumatized a lot of the, these women, which is obviously totally not okay. But I think that what we're doing is we're feeling really self, and I'm including myself in this because when the story was breaking, I like couldn't get enough of it either. We're, we're sort of feeling really self-righteous because we're arguing on behalf of the survivors. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the people who were being so self-righteous with Brittany, they felt that they were arguing on behalf of girls who had a bad role model, quote unquote, or Mm -hmm her children because she was allegedly an unfit mother. So it really does feel like this 
a repeat of that pattern, even though obviously the circumstances are very different because Brittany wasn't actually hurting anyone. But it feels like a repeat of that pattern where we as the public and also the media are stepping in to defend someone without without even asking if they wanted to be defended. You know what I mean? I do agree with that. It worries me a little bit with the Free Britney movement because I think um, it's well-intended and obviously doing a great job, but at the same time, it sort of infantiles her in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like now that her family isn't going to control her. Now we, the fans, we're going to control her. We're going to free her. We're going to make everything better for her. No one's actually heard from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I don't know. We, it's almost like, you know, saying what's right for her is what people have been doing her whole life. And now we're doing it too. That's so true. A time when the free Britney movement sort of started to freak me out was when there was this big debate going on about, and again, this was mostly based on hearsay, similar to the Army Hammer thing, because the other issue with the Army Hammer stuff is there hasn't been even a media investigation, let alone any police report that we're referencing on this. It's literally based on an anonymous Instagram account, you know? So like, we we don't even know what the full allegations are yet with that. And we're all talking about it like we're experts. And again, I'm including myself in that. Mm -hmm. But like with... Brittany, a couple years ago, there was this big rumor going around that her family was forcing her to take her bipolar medication. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if you're bipolar, you need to take your medication. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like they're, you know, sedating her or like roofing her or something. It's like, yeah. yeah, sometimes people are bipolar and they need to take their medication. It's not really something, it's not really a great idea to skip that. Mm-hmm. And there were just tons of people posting about it. And I wouldn't have even posted anything about it because I'm like, I haven't, I haven't seen her medical records. I don't know what I'm talking about, but all these people who had no idea the first thing about bipolar disorder were posting like, Brittany shouldn't have to take her medication, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay, we're getting into some really weird territory here. Yeah. It's, it's like, we don't know the exact situation. And like, obviously there's terrible things going on and the way that she was treated, we have it on video, the horrible things that people have said to her and asked her and made her cry. Yeah. There's a point where we don't actually know all the details. And if she's a mentally unwell person, um, then maybe she does need to be taken care of. But the other side of that is if she's that unwell, then you shouldn't be treating her like a product still and right. making her go out there and making money. So it's like you, you can have either one, you know, but yeah, it's like her medication situation is just none of our business at all. And For sure. we can't, there's a lot of stuff you can judge her family on based on what we've all seen, but in, in terms of like, medication I, I just feel like let's leave that one alone <laughs> I, I completely agree like and it's also it's infringing on her privacy to even talk about that I think and that's where the fans get a little too involved if you're yeah. talking about her medicine and you know it's just kind of like at the end of the day leave Brittany alone you know from either way just right just chill, you know yeah and um, I think people kind of get really, really engrossed in her Instagram and kind of gawking at her Instagram videos. And I get people forwarding me her Instagram videos all the time being like, what the, what the F? And I'm just like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see 
Like, I don't understand who's in charge of it. I don't understand what's going on with her Instagram. I don't want to be sitting here parsing it like it's the friggin' uh, what are those? What were the tapes after the JFK assassination? Um, the, oh my god. <laughs> I have to Google this reference now, but, but do you know what I mean? It doesn't feel fun or entertaining or healthy the way that people fixate on her Instagram as well. Yeah. People look for clues in all of her videos to show that she's being held captive and things like that. And it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Zap Ruder film. That's what it is. Zap Ruder film. You know that. That's like a, yeah. a reference they say. Like he always says it in Woody Allen films. <laughs> what am, am I just talking nonsense? <laughs> oh, no, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. But yeah, we're all looking at Britney's Instagram like it's the Zap Ruder film. And I don't, mm-hmm. I just feel, like you said, yeah, it's just looking for these hints and everything is just very strange. And it's also kind of, kind of sad and pathetic in a way because we have a lot going on in this world that mm-hmm. you could put that energy towards. And I don't think Britney is sitting around saying, oh, thank God so-and-so commented and, you know, saw that this lyric in the song said this and they're going to call 911 and help. It's like, no, she's just trying to live. And if you have that much time and energy, I don't know, volunteer at a soup kitchen or something. Right. Like we've got the best investigative minds in our country working on the free Britney movement right now on Instagram. And why can't we get those people on literally anything else? I think that if we, if we said like, oh, the key to freeing Britney is locked somewhere in the vaccine rollout program, then we would all be vaccinated in like three days. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so true. Yeah. But that's the society we live in. And it's very self-righteous too. Everyone thinks that they are literally saving her. Yeah. It, that's, it's, it's almost just as bad as the people who are, are controlling her now. We don't yeah. know, you know, and that's the thing with Army Hammer too. We have we don't know. We know what we read, and the accusations are terrible. But what if they're not real? Um, he's probably ruined regardless. I think, you know. Yeah. I don't think he'll ever get you know another big role because he's been associated with this scandal, even if it's not all true. Right. Even if only half of it's true, because you just don't know how much of it is conjecture from literally just bored people on the internet. Like I don't doubt that. Mm-hmm. There are enough stories now that I'm like, okay, this is a pattern. Something mm-hmm. definitely went on, but also how much of it is just people letting their imaginations run wild and like going online and saying crazy stuff. Yeah. The internet's amazing for information. It's also, you know, the worst place in the world. So <laughs> you never know what you're going to get there. And I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of accusations that have come out about him more recently, which is why, I mean, at least they should be looked into for sure. But, you know, we are not the jury and you know we're not the jury oh media is not the jury and we forget that sometimes we just demonize people we'll watch a britney spears documentary about how we should free britney and not demonize her and then we'll go on instagram later in the day and say terrible things about another celebrity exactly it's like and then and then we're patting ourselves on the back for changing our opinion about britney while still maintaining that exact behavior yeah. I mean, as far as slacktivism goes, there's so many other things to, <laughs> to yeah. do. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.